Coming up on today's Locked On Senators, we'll look at the meh, bad, and the ugly from the Sens' 5-0 loss against the Florida Panthers. And this team needs help badly. So looking at practice lines, maybe some healthy players coming back for reinforcements. We'll have three days to discuss. The Sens are off until Friday at Columbus. Plenty to break down. This is the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützler, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 926 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains, you can follow the show on social media. We're at Send Central on Twitter, LockedOn.Senators on Instagram. The show is free and available on all podcast platforms, including on YouTube, where a like Comment and subscription go a long way to helping the show grow. Today's comment, we want to know, how would you fix the Ottawa Senators as if it's that easy? Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app, use promo code LOCKEDONNHL, and get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Today is Tuesday, November 28th and Pillsy. You got any sober second thoughts after what we saw last night? Because the postcast, the vibes were probably at rock bottom. Yeah, I mean, it was certainly a postcast where we vented. We did not vibe, that's for sure, Ross. If I'm going to put any sort of silver lining or spin zone on this, that's the last game of November. We're done with November. On to December. December 1st and 2nd, you get the month started off right away and it's going to be, the games are going to be fast and furious. We've talked about the schedule many times and it's going to sneak up. Sure, there's a three-day break here in between these games that are going to feel like an eternity after losing the last two in embarrassing fashion. But at least, Ross, in December, they won't have time to stew on losses that they will inevitably get. But you got a game up against the Columbus Blue Jackets. So that's where you need to turn things around. You need to start December off with a bang. So that is my one spin zone after having a night to sleep on this. So in November, they had nine games. They went four and five. Two of the go- two of the games they won went past regulation. So only two regulation wins in nine games. However, one game under 500. It would be okay if they took advantage of their October schedule, which they didn't. They came out of that one at four and four. So now you're looking at really making it as difficult on themselves as possible because in December they play 15 games and that is including the three day break during Christmas. So the games are going to come fast and furious. They have a five game road trip during this month that sees them stop in three of the best rinks three of the best atmospheres and three of the best teams in the league with Dallas Vegas and Colorado all on that road trip so it's not going to be easy but really it could be easy and if they played like they did last night it won't matter because that was just a bad hockey game Pillsy like I woke up I watched the condensed game and not only did I do that I went back and I watched the first period 
just as a, as its raw self. And the puck management was even worse than I thought. They did not control a single puck. The passing was brutal. It's almost like they didn't like want each other to get the puck. Yeah, I, I don't even know how to explain it, but frankly, it's just unacceptable. It was it was at a level that should not be in the National Hockey League. Ross, when your goalie has to beaver tail the ice and yell at his defenseman, hey, maybe pick up the puck here. That's when you know you're in trouble. And we talked about it in yesterday's episode, Ross. The Florida Panthers are one of the best puck possession teams, at least by Corsi metrics, in the entire league. They're top 10. So we knew this was going to be a game where they had to win those battles. They didn't win any of them. Like you said, I felt like Half the time I was watching the Sens with the puck, they're bobbling it in their skates. Uh, Zub slips on a banana peel and falls. That kind of uh, encapsulates what this game was like. And then they score right off the bat behind the net. There was another uh, wraparound goal. Sam Reinhart, the offside call, doesn't go the Sens' way. There's 167 penalty minutes in this game. This game was an absolute gong show. And the worst part is... It happened at home in front of all the fans and the new owner, Michael Anlauer, who he's got to be just as happy as everybody else that that month is over. Yeah, well, he's got to be just as mad as everybody else who's been watching this team suffer on home ice, on Canadian Tire Center ice in Canada, Ontario. Jordy Sens, Citizen, points out in their last eight games at the CTC, they have one win. They're one in seven in their last eight games at the Canadian Tire Center. And not only that, but they are giving up so many goals against, 36 goals against in the last seven games at home. That's so unacceptable. At least like in the, the worst days of the rebuild, at least they left their worst games for the road. Like to, to do this in front of the home crowd that that you know, season tickets we kept talking about, they're up so much. It's so much fun to go to games when they're playing well. We had an absolute blast the home opener weekend. They got two big wins. They played well. They fought. They battled. They, they looked like a cohesive team that still had some flaws, but they looked like a cohesive team. Matthew Kachuk and the Florida Panthers, most notably Sam Bennett, was, was you know stirring it up as well. Those two guys in particular, Carter Verhage to a lesser extent. Uh, Sam Reinhardt, if you want to count scoring twice as, uh, as getting under your skin. They, they came into Ottawa's building and dominated them. That, that wasn't even a close game physically. At least if you're going to lose on the scoreboard. Like what's Zach McEwen doing in the lineup if he's not going to actually answer the bell properly? He answered the bell in a different way. He actually ended up making Brady fight because he was incapable of figuring out a way where he wasn't going to take a cheap shot and then they would answer the bell and end up fighting. The whole reason Zach McEwen's in the lineup is so Jake Sanderson doesn't have to have his first career fight against a guy who's five years older than him and has has been in fights before. Jake Sanderson's first fight should be like, like Josh Norris where he fought Romanov. It's like both guys are just upset. And neither guy really has that much experience. But to me, Jake Sanderson, love him standing up for himself. Basically, if you miss the game, Matthew Kachuk was at the bench being like, Stutzel and Sanderson are dead after McEwen went after him. Basically saying, we don't care about going after McEwen, who ends up getting kicked out of the game anyways. We want to go after your skill guys. And Sanderson goes, well, I'm right here. So I like that from Jake Sanderson. But it is an entire indictment on the way the Ottawa Senators are, are rolling right now that they let Jake Sanderson get into that position. 
Well, I mean, Sandy didn't really have a choice, right? Like Brady's probably telling him, look, Matthew literally called called out that he's going to go for you guys. It's better just deal with it right away. Don't kind of be looking behind your shoulder all game. Just throw down and deal with it. But you don't want Jake Sanderson to feel like he has to do that. And it's Matthew Chuck that answers that bell. It's not like like they could have sent Lomberg after Sanderson, right? Because Zach McEwen goes after Matthew Kachuk, so they could have been like, well, we're going to get our fourth guy, uh, fourth line goon to go after one of your star players. But Matthew handles that business on his own. And this, it, it just, there was no point where the Senators were in control of this game, whether, I mean, they did good in the faceoff dot, which was one of, I thought that was going to be a key to victory, is that was going to help them with possession. It didn't help at all. But they get outclassed, they get Outpossessed the puck. The puck possession was in Florida's favor hugely. They get bullied. They get embarrassed. The only time they kind of fight back is yeah that Zach McEwen opportunity, which was embarrassing in in my opinion. And then at the end of the second period, and then Jake Sanderson's got to stick up for himself. Like this was just through and through, start to finish, an embarrassing showing for the Ottawa Senators at the CTC. And if you're watching on YouTube, I'm just scrolling through the answers. We asked on Twitter, at Send Central, what are your sober second thoughts? Frankie Sen says he just got up. He's not sober. He's still he's still in the mix. We love that for you, Frankie. I told him, just take the whole day off. Uh, Dan asked when we're starting our draft rankings. That's, that's scary. That's too early. But Sen's burner, my Sen's burner, not mine personally, but that's the name of the account. Matthew Kachuk walked into our house, slashed our goalie, then threatened our two best players. He knows Brady won't do anything, so he feels invincible. Fans should be way more upset. Your thoughts on that? You know what? I think Sen's burner ha- has a point here. Like Matthew Kachuk, no, especially with the Kachuk family there, he knows Brady's not going to go after him. And if Zach McEwen is your next biggest option. I, I, like, other than getting jumped and elbowed in the face, Matthew Chuck is not worried about Zach McEwen. So, yeah, that's that's a good point by Sens Burner. And, look, I don't really blame Brady. Like, I, I get it. Like, you're not going to go after your brother like that. But it just puts the team in a tough position when all other 31 team, 30, I should say, 30 teams in the league that don't have a Kachuk on it. No, if they mess around, Brady's going to answer the bell. Just ask the Detroit Red Wings about it. Who wants it? Nobody wanted it last season. So that is a good point that maybe kind of stifled the sense Brady's put in a weird spot there. That's a take that you can put on your main account, pal. That's, that's all we got to say here. And, you know, Daniel saying the same thing, just like Matthew just has a, I don't care attitude a little more than Brady. Now Brady ends up taking a goalie interference penalty, kind of dragged his foot a little bit to give a little something. (laughs) But for the most part, like that's Matthew's game is, is a bit more ratty, the rat King. Whereas I think Brady, it's more like I'll look you in the eye and, and take you on. He's obviously bigger, stronger. And Matthew would say the same thing, but Matthew just has this innate way to get under guys skin. And he certainly got under the Senator's skin. He's no, no friends out there. Uh, when Matthew Kachuk's on the ice and uh, you just, I mean, you got to give him credit. Like that's the way he plays. And the Florida Panthers were just so outclassed by the Ottawa Senators last night. Like it, it wasn't close on the scoreboard. Sure. You can point to four power play goals by Florida. You can point to the offside. And I would just tell you that that's an awful goal to give up. I don't care whether you have to rely on a five minute video review to go your way. Maybe don't give the puck away behind your net. And if you're Corpus Allo, 
you're looking and that I'm sure that was a part of the the big beaver tap at Brandstrom. He's like, you guys are leaving me back here with the puck. Like, come get it, do something about it. And maybe we can get into a situation where things start going our way a little more. We can get some some flow to break out of the zone, but not the case. And the senators end up getting the the wrong end of the stick there. No emotion on the bench from DJ Smith, just seems defeated. But reports are he ain't going anywhere. And we're going to discuss next why a coaching change is unlikely, despite many fans clamoring for it. We've resigned to the fact that it's not going to work with DJ Smith here. So what's the wait? Why is there no imminent coaching change reportedly coming in Ottawa? We'll have that conversation next. We'll also get into some good news, a pair of good news items. One, Ridley Gregg back practicing today and Thomas Shabbat is expected to be back on Friday. That's actually just one piece of good news. The other, Eunice Corpusallo has another new mask, and it is 10 out of 10. We'll show you that at the end of the show. We'll discuss it and more. This is Locked On Senators. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Mary J's. Mary J's is a locally owned cannabis dispensary in the Ottawa area. Started off three best friends making a life-changing decision and they grinded to get this business going through hard work and dedication. They now have four stores in the Ottawa area. The Ottawa locations are Riverside South, Orleans, Greeley, and Russell. So lots of spots for your convenience. Mary J's offers the absolute best and newest products in the market with many new additions hitting the menu every single week. They got everything you need, whether you're a rookie or a grizzled vet. Mary J's offers competitive pricing. In fact, they will price match any store in Ottawa. That means you're guaranteed to get the best price around at a Mary J's location and what they do best is customer service. They got the friendliest bud tenders around who are always ready to assist. One of the owners, Dashy Absolute Beauty, is a diehard Sens fan as well. So go to one of the four stores in Ottawa, say what up to Dashy, talk some Sens with him, and pick his brain about all the newest, latest products that Mary J's has to offer. Check it out, guys. Mary J's. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Sleeper app. If you play Daily Fantasy, Sleeper is for you. You want to win 100 times your money? Well, play Daily Fantasy Hockey on the Sleeper app. All possible scenarios for this season are under control, and to have a chance at winning big, you need to play Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper. It's the official fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network, and Sleeper is our top choice for Daily Fantasy sports, especially hockey. With Sleeper, you can win up to 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. Right now, I'm looking at Brady Kachuk, who had almost half of the Senators' shots on goal in last night's loss. I'm looking at Claude Giroux to continue his point production into the rest of this season. And Jake Sanderson, always a good bet. So choose stats like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more. You heard me, Sens fans. 100 times payout on Sleeper. So start paying attention and getting your picks right so you can win big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's Locked On NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Available to our friends in the United States for now. All right, Pilsy. Welcome back, everyone. Locked On Senators. The day after one of the most disjointed, ugly, embarrassing losses I've seen during this entire rebuild process. And I think what makes matters worse, Pilsy, is I got the same vibes from that game 
as I did from what the Ottawa Senators did to the Detroit Red Wings last year in February. Sure, it wasn't a double dose back-to-back games, but it was it was men amongst boys, both in terms of puck possession, in terms of ability, in terms of physicality, in terms of standing up for one another. There was just absolutely no pushback by the Ottawa Senators. And when there was, it was too little, too late, kind of the way this season's been running. And the Florida Panthers, look, this was a game that got out of hand. Lots of penalties happening here. The Florida Panthers score their first three goals on the power play. They end up going three for seven. The Ottawa Senators, 0 for six, including a double minor penalty on on Tim Stutzla right away. Like, this was, they had opportunities to try to salvage this. And at least, I'm not saying they had opportunities to win this game, but there was opportunities to make this not an embarrassing barn burner game at home. And they're not able to capitalize at all. Bobrovsky gets a shutout. Well, not only that, but if you look at Bobrovsky, he only had made four. So Ottawa had six power plays and had four shots on goal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Like, are you kidding me? At what point do you just look at it and be like, Hey, maybe having a guy on his strong side just isn't working. And sure, Josh Norris finally takes his first shot on goal and he hits the post. And you're like, come on, are you serious right now? So just very frustrating. But Frank Saravelli, among others, Cassie Campbell on the broadcast intermission last night said she was texting her friends who were in the industry and they said there's no chance that DJ Smith gets fired. And it sounds like the reasoning is stability, but I would argue that there's nothing more unstable then having a losing effort over and over again, this team just, it's its basically like this. We saw another coach, by the way, after we recorded yesterday's episode, get fired. Dean Evason out in Minnesota. He had a 640 win percentage over his tenure there. Ottawa's at 460. Like, it is mind-blowing to me, and I get it. People will point out, they weren't supposed to be good at the start. I get it. Well, the Wild can't get a save right now. And if they could, then Dean Evison would probably still have a job. Sports is like the most volatile. Same with Jay Woodcroft, Ross. Yeah. Sports is like the most volatile business if you're a head coach. Nobody gets five years of job security if they have zero results. What happened? And we keep hearing, Pilsy, like it's a results-oriented business. That was like a Pierre Dorian special, but he never produced results. It's like these guys, they say one thing, but what their production does, and I, I hate talking about other people's jobs. I really do. And then you see things like the Hockey Fights Cancer video. And we want to give a shout out to to Parker McDonald, the young gentleman who dropped the puck. He's going through brain cancer and and re- or, and really like, you know, that's, that's really bone cancer rather, bone cancer. I knew I wrote that down. And like he's fighting and he got treated like gold. And the Senators put out that video, all the players, DJ Smith going out of his way, and DJ Smith just seems like such a good guy. Yep. And I never want that to get lost in this. But pro sports, it's not about being a good guy. It's about results. And I've talked to too many citizens and too many Sens fans from all over who are saying, I have tickets to games coming up, and I don't even want to go. Like, That's not a sustainable business, and fans are so excited. We had, in our hour-long postcast last night, Pilsy, we had 2,100 chat messages. People are passionate. People care, and it seems like a slap in the face, and it feels very unstable to let things go on this path because apathy will kick in. 
fans are tired. This is going to be seven straight years if they don't get it together about making playoffs. There are kids who started in grade one that are almost in high school and have never seen an Ottawa Senators playoff game. We, we've been so lucky, Pilsy, growing up. It was every year. It was a constant. They were going to make playoffs. I can't imagine what it's like for that young generation of Sens fans. Well, Ross, we can relate in a way. We are on episode 926 of the Locked On podcast, Locked On Senators podcast, and we have seen zero playoff games for this team. Like, we get it. We get it. And that's the thing, Ross. Like, you got a new owner in. The He paid $950 million for this team. U.S. And, yeah, yeah. And then you look at uh, the attendance numbers have still been pretty good considering how bad this team has been at home. And you look at a time where the economy is absolutely brutal. Interest rates are up. People are struggling with their mortgage, inflation on everything, groceries, everyone's bills are through the roof and people spend their hard earned money to go out and watch the Sens pay a million dollars for food and drinks at the game. And the tickets are, aren't cheap either, especially if you got kids and you're bringing the whole family and that's, that's the product that is going on in front of them. That's what they're sitting in traffic for hours at the CTC parking lot coming in and out of the games and everything you have to deal with to do this. And it's tough, but the thing is Ross, and you mentioned uh, it's not really stability when your, your team is this bad. Well, it's like a sinking boat, Ross. Like sometimes a boat hits an iceberg and it's going all the way down. Sometimes there's a little hole in there and the boat's just slowly being submerged. And that's what it feels like is happening to this Ottawa Senators team. There's someone's been poking holes all over and we're just, it's still stable. Everyone's on their feet. No, there's nothing falling over the, the band's still playing, but slowly this ship is getting submerged in water. And it's just like, well, maybe we'll swim away once we're full once we're fully covered in water here but for now we're just going to let it keep going here nobody's getting buckets nobody's worried about bailing out you're just yeah that's the water's only at our knees right now it's not that big of a deal well it is a big deal because other teams and you talked about it Ross the Wild and the Oilers who have playoff aspirations i would argue the Oilers have even higher than just playoff aspirations they're not messing around they're saying we got to stop this right now and they're firing successful, well-liked coaches. I, I could be wrong about Dean Evanson, but like it doesn't seem like he lost the room either. I'm pretty sure Patty Maroon was sticking up for him in the media a little while ago. Like The players know that that was not his fault and he shouldn't have lost his job because of the effort there. But in Ottawa, there's no benching. There's no accountability. Uh, DJ Smith's job is going to be safe because the big thing is, and Marsha and I talked about this on the postcast, is... You're not going to bring in a new coach. Well, if you do bring in a new coach, you're going to have to sign them to multiple years. Coaches aren't signing one-year deals these days. It doesn't seem like it's a thing. They want a little job security because it's a very vulnerable place to be a head coach, as we know. Unless you're in Ottawa. Years. Yeah, unless you're in Ottawa, apparently. Uh, so a coach is going to have multiple years. So let's say you fire DJ. Now you're, you're paying him not to coach this team. You bring in a new coach. New GM comes in and says, well, I didn't pick this guy. Like, I, I, I want to bring my own guy and you fire him. Now you're paying two coaches to not coach for you. And now the new GM is going to pick his new guy. You got three head coaches on the payroll. Like, I don't know if this team was 
you know, flirting with the wild card spot, Ross, maybe they do it to to just be like, okay, we're not going to let this fully go down the drain here. But I don't know. I think this is a situation where new ownership and Steve Steos is here. And they're like, we already fired the GM. It seems DJ Smith hasn't lost the voice in the room yet. We're just going to ride this out and start with a clean slate next season once we have all the control and we can make all the moves we want. That's a very risky play, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. the fans want change and the yep. fans are going to speak with their wallets sooner rather than later. The Senators are in dead last in the Eastern Conference at the end of November. And if you're watching on YouTube, I initially had it set at points percentage because I know they do much good. They have games in hand. They're only better than the team they play Friday. If they lose Friday to the Columbus Blue Jackets, the venting on the postcast will be absolute must watch. So we're going to get into this conversation a little bit more. If that's not going to happen, what could happen to make things a little bit better. We'll also get some hashtag goalie friendly show with the pictures and the, the, the Eunice Corpus new mask. It is beautiful. And then what can Ridley Gregg expect to see when he's back in the lineup? That's next. You're listening to locked on senators. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at collective guys. If you run a solo small business, you're an army of one, but you still need help. You need reinforcements. You need a CPA, a bookkeeper, separate payroll solution, and that's not even all of it. There's more. Let Collective take care of the paperwork while you take care of business. If you're running a business of one, you're wearing many hats in your day-to-day. With Collective, bookkeeping and accounting don't need to be one of the hats you wear. If you're not a math guy, leave it to Collective. They say if you love what you do, you'll never work in a day in your life, but As a freelancer, you know there's always that dreaded paperwork at the end of the day. Collective is the number one financial solution for freelancers, contractors, and self-employed entrepreneurs that lets you focus on your passion, not the paperwork. Leave that to them. Join the thousands of entrepreneurs who have saved an average of $10,000 a year on taxes with this structure. Right now, Collective is offering one month free and no onboarding fee. They're waiving that fee when you go to collective.com slash locked on NHL and tell them locked on NHL sent you. Guys, that's $550 worth of value for free when you go to collective.com slash locked on NHL. That's collective.com slash locked on NHL and let them know locked on NHL sent you. Today's episode is also brought to you by Shawarma Palace. Shawarma Palace is the place to go in Ottawa when you're craving that sweet, sweet garlic sauce, that rotation history chicken and all the goodness that comes in a shawarma palace platter or sandwich or you can even try the shawarma poutine you can visit them at their flagship store rito street right by augusta and chapel you can visit them at hunt club and bank street or any of their other five locations including the sailor shopping center and in the downtown center center town i should say area up on bank street by gladstone where the baseball town is you can make sure that wherever you are in the city, you're never too far away. But if you want it brought right to you, they are exclusively available to order through Uber Eats. So go check them out at Shawarma Palace. They're Sens fans, they're beauties, they're also community members. They've been around since 1997. They've withstood the test of time, and they are always delicious, always a full plate. If you want to meet Abbas, the owner, go listen last week. We had him on to discuss just how community-driven Shawarma Palace is. So go eat like a royal today. Go eat at Shawarma Palace. 
All right, Pilsy, here we go. So a coaching change is unlikely. So now what? That's the question. Now what? You can say all you want that it adds stability, but it's also racking up losses right now. The Senators are eight and nine under 500 entering the busiest stretch of the season. If you were either an assistant coach right now or someone with a decision-making power, what changes would you make? I mean, there's not a whole lot of changes I would really make, Ross, that I think would move the needle one way or another. Uh, You need guys back in the roster, and that's where this conversation heads, is the roster that this team has had the last couple weeks has been a shell of what their full roster is. And look, maybe it's not the top echelon superstar guys. Like, you've got Timmy, you've got Brady, you've got Sanderson, but... When there's this many holes in your lineup, it affects everything. And we talked about it, Ross. Like last night, that third line of Chartier, Kubalik, and Tarasenko, what a a waste of time that was. Like I couldn't tell you one single thing that line did. And that's all because the depth down the middle isn't slotted properly right now. And hopefully, we've got a player back in a regular contact jersey at practice and he's in his comfy spot in the lineup i'm talking about 71 ridley greg back with joseph and tarasenko hopefully that helps bring some balance to the rest of the lines on this forward group it was one of the most successful lines for the ottawa senators in the early going of the season the line of greg tarasenko and joseph played 51 minutes together and during that time the team was able to score five goals and allow zero So clearly something was going on right at five on five. Ridley Gregg kind of just spaces everything out a little bit better because then you're in a situation where, of course, you have Stutzla, Kachuk, and Giroux as a line, and then Norris, Kubalik, and Batherson. And frankly, and I think this is actually me being nice, Norris and Batherson have been playing like third liners over the last little while. So I think them being considered the third line here is the right play. I've got Kubalik on the other side there from practice. And the fourth line is Rook Chartier with Parker Kelly and Zach McEwen. Worth noting as well, McEwen received a $2,000 fine, uh, the maximum allowable under the CBA for his hit to the head on Matthew Kachuk, but no suspension for him. On defense, Jake Sanderson, Artem Zub, Jacob Chikrin with Jacob Bernard Docker, and Eric Brandstrom with Travis Hamanick. We do expect Thomas Shabbat to be in the lineup Friday, and the D were very fluid by all accounts at practice. So we'll wait and see what's shaken down there. Corpusalo and Forsberg in goal. We assume each will get a game because it's a back-to-back situation here where they play at Columbus on Friday, home to Seattle on Saturday. But uh, yeah, there's really no excuse for the way they've been playing. Like uh, a rookie, no matter how good he is, shouldn't be the difference of whether or not this team has success. But it is still nice to see Ridley Gregg back. He was, for for my money, the best rookie for or player, we'll say, in October. I know Lucas Dostal, the goalie out in Anaheim, got player of the month, rookie of the month. And uh, and Ridley Gregg, yeah, seven points in, what, nine games, I want to say? Yep. Yeah, and that's the thing, Ross. Like, not like sure, maybe you're looking at Ridley Gregg and you're like, well, okay, that can't be that big of a deal. But to get... Tarasenko going and then to have one of the most consistent players all year for the Sens, Matthew Joseph, to get them back on a line that clicked and worked, I think is going to be a big deal. Now, 
you see Ridley Gregg here in his normal spot on the lineup. But if you're watching on YouTube, you may be noticing, hey, Thomas Spott, he's not on a normal pair here. But it does seem like he is going to return on Friday. Our guy Alex Adams uh, tweeted out he asked Shabbat about returning. And it seems like all signs point towards him returning on Friday, which is when he is eligible to return from LTIR. So that's going to be another interesting one where Shabbat, that is a guy that is supposed to be able to move the needle when he comes back. And this team has struggled on defense. So hopefully you get an $8 million defenseman back and he can help stabilize things here. But it remains to be seen, A, where DJ Smith's going to put him, and B, who's going to come out of that lineup uh, so that Shabbat can be inserted in. So that's all going to be fascinating to see how that shakes out. It certainly will. Later this week, we'll have uh, Mark Mathot on the show and just talk about the dynamic of when a player comes back from injury, how that can help, and what else players can do to get out from under a slump. So that's the way the players were at practice today. Um, I'm assuming they'll be back on the ice tomorrow. Have you seen that yet? From uh, Nope. Uh, they're taking tomorrow off and then... Uh, of course. Why wouldn't they? Well, wait, wait, wait. No, let me get this. Let me get this right. I saw... No, uh, you did. Off Wednesday, return to practice 10.30 a.m. on Thursday. Um, yes. I'm assuming that after that practice, they will get on a plane and yeah. head for Columbus. Yeah, that's right. That's what I was trying to get at. Thanks for picking that up. Yeah, so yeah. that'll be, uh, I mean, look, if you're going to play any team right now, you want to play the Columbus Blue Jackets. Although, Ross, that's a team that's fig- starting to figure it out here. They just beat the Boston Bruins. So that's a Three- confident team. Three straight wins for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, I mean, Ross, hopefully Eunice Corpusalo, new mask, heading back home to Columbus. Hopefully he can uh, get some revenge on his old team that traded him away. The Columbus Blue Jackets could be coming into Friday on a four-game win streak. They're hosting the Montreal Canadiens tomorrow night. And that's just two teams ahead of Ottawa that someone will get points. Before we get to uh, Eunice Corpusalo's helmet, Pilsy, I do want to give a shout out because this was all time funny and we needed some comedic relief. Excuse me after last night's game. We really did. And we got that on Twitter at just got sensed underscore 92. He tagged us in this. It was so funny. It's doing numbers too. Had to blow off some steam dot 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 with a screenshot of his NHL 24 game against oh, yeah. the Florida Panthers. This game, the the score was 30 to nothing, and he outshot the computer 86 to zero. Man, shout out, no, zero shots allowed. I think that's the most impressive thing. Ross, that's probably what the scoreboard of Chell is going to look like when I go on the Leams Martians uh, Twitch, and he absolutely beats, beats the wheels off me. Is that what you're going to do? Well, I'm going to try to do better than whatever 30 nothing and no shots and getting outshot by 86, but I have not played enough Chell that uh, I can battle up against a professional Twitch streamer like Leams Martian. I can tell you right now, your power play won't look more disjointed than the Ottawa Senators did last night. Like that to me is the number one thing that if I was running Sens practice today, I'd be cleaning up an 0 for 6 power play where they they didn't even generate momentum. They didn't even generate chances. They didn't generate anything. No, it was yeah. it was absolutely lethargic yesterday at Senators. Six power plays. Give me a break. Um, so, Eunice Corpusalo, new mask alert. Shout out to uh, 
Sil Brush, the artist, um, he posted these photos on social media. Pillsy, it's like basically the same as before, but it's the blackout version. And I got to be honest with you, like the gold looks great. It's flashy, but there's something very classy about this one right here with the white cage. It's got a lot of black accents to it. Still has the Corpy in the same font. Still has Marvin the Martian yep. on the side, but uh, as I'll scroll through here you can see there's a senator holding a, a chariot with the horses the horsepower on there so uh same same but different yeah and i like that that's a cool concept uh ross my question to you is uh i still think that gold mask best mask in ottawa senator's history uh if you don't uh, believe me go back to our ring of honor which that pick basically got got me the dub uh but this mask is absolutely beautiful but let me ask you this would you like how are you accessorizing the mask and the jerseys? Are you wearing the gold mask with the black or the white or and this mask with black or white? What do you feel works best here? I think that his current helmet works better with the white and this one Agreed. with black. Yeah, that's what that was my theory as well. But the one thing I don't like about this mask, Ross, mm. is get colored colored cage. Stick with no. the colored cage. I love no. it. I think, and usually I do like the the gold, the shiny cage like he had, like the classic Ray Emery style cage. But I think on this one, because there's almost like a little starlight like in the background, and you can see probably on on the last one that I'm showing here, where where it's the very close up detail. See, it's got that like white white sparkle on the black. Yeah. I find the white cage picks up on that real nice. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's my reasoning for it. I I can see. I'm sure it would look good with a gold cage as well. Most helmets do, but. I think there's something there's something pretty about this one. I, I do think that it's a lot it's a lot let's say uh classier. The other one was like in your face shiny. Like I would say the other one was sexy. This one is is classy. Yep, okay. I, I like it. I like it. Either way, great mask designs by Corpy. So uh hopefully look good, play good can uh get into effect here. Although look, Corpy made some huge, huge saves last night, but a couple blunders and some bad looking goals kind of uh, washes over that. Uh, the one thing, and, and we covered a lot of DJ Smith on this show, and that was a lot of the fan reaction we were getting. We are the show for fans by fans, but I don't want that to mean the players are getting off the hook because mm -hmm. a lot of them are playing very bad, very yeah, bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't get these results and dead last in the Eastern conference and 28th, in the entire league without a handful of players, majority of players playing very bad games in hand though. Yeah. That even that is starting, starting to lose. It's a feel Ross. I told you my theory games in hand, you automatically give them two points and then you slot up in the standings uh, without anyone else playing any more games. That's how it works in my brain. I'm no longer that delusional that I'm just giving automatic two points out, which is sad. I, I miss being delusional. I, I I've been humbled. I've been humbled, Ross. Big time. Kelsey, if you want to feel really humbled, go check out our hot takes heading into the season. You, you said that they would be trading both first round picks to to lo lo load up. No, no, I think I, I think I scratched that one for the hot takes episode. I, but I did say that earlier on. Uh, that that was what I was hoping. But hey, Chikrin, twenty goals. Let's go. That is still doable, although he only has one assist, and he's another guy. It just feels like things are not going his way, almost leading the league in giveaways, and you're just hoping that that something can can click here for this Senators team to just play good hockey. Like, 
Are we asking for, for that much? Just want to watch a, a hockey team with, with a bit of confidence. Jacob Chikrin right now is uh, fourth in the National Hockey League in giveaways at five on five. And he, he's played less games than everybody else. 22 giveaways at five on five. Only Matthew Barzal, John Carlson, and Leon Dreisaitl have more. So anyways, there, there's a lot of talent on this team. And Chikrin is one of the most, more talented players. Josh Norris, I've seen the talent that he has. We saw the 35-goal year. Drake Batherson, I think, has picked it up of late, but you still want more from him. I want Timmy to be doing more. I know the points are there, but just in terms of like the shift in, shift out, like offensive and pushing in the right direction, I think there's a lot that a lot more guys can give, and hopefully getting Thomas Shabbat back Friday is the boost they need. If they start winning and if Shabbat plays well, I don't want to hear any more Thomas Shabbat slander because we've kind of been on the fence about it where it's like we see the good, but we see the bad. If he comes back and stabilizes this thing, or if Chikrin starts playing better alongside him, then we'll have to give it up. But Pilsy, final thoughts on today's show. We got two more days to break down what we've seen so far this season. And again, we'll try to get a citizen for you one of those days. We'll get you Mark Mathot one of those days. And uh, we're all leading up to this place where Mark Mathot played his first NHL games, the Columbus Blue Jackets Friday night. I don't want to hear that cannon. I hate the cannon. So hopefully there's not a lot of that going on on Friday. Uh, final thoughts for me is st- stick with it, Sens fans. I know it's tough. We're with you every step of the way, your team every day. We're going to vibe. We're going to vent with you. We're going to get through this. November yeah. is over, at least as far as Ottawa Senators hockey games go. We're on to December. We are on to December. And once again, a great night in terms of the hockey fights cancer. It's an awful disease, and it's it's amazing to see that over a hundred thousand dollars was was donated and put towards very important causes. And uh, shout out to Parker McDonald, looking like an absolute champ, dropping the puck out there. Got all the autographs on his hat. So that's the part of hockey where win or lose, it's great to see that the community does come first, and that was a prime example of that. We'll be back tomorrow to discuss more for today. We say goodbye. Have a great night, everybody for Brandon Piller. I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the locked on senators podcast, your team every day. <laughs>